0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: It's Scout Fantasy Sports. Back here it is, Scout Fantasy Sports Hour 2 on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here on our new time slot. You can catch us weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, live. You can always check it out on demand anytime you want. You can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com, as we'll get you set for fantasy baseball in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. Latest one he has up is the Kansas City Royals. I have articles as well. Latest one, looking at Michael Brantley and the move to Houston, what it means for his fantasy value. You also have ScoutDFS.com for NBA, NHL, and NFL, including optimizers and Slack chat leading up to lineup lock and VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. Joining me now, it is Matt Modica. You can find him at CTMBaseball.com. Also plays in a lot of high-stakes leagues. Matt, what's up?
2: Uh, all is good. We're another day closer to baseball. you uh, Super Bowl, less than two weeks. And then it really is officially baseball. But I've been living it for the last couple of months.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, what, were, what were your thoughts on the football games from this past weekend?
2: Ah, uh, you know that Rams uh, Saints thing. You know that hit. It's unfortunate, but I mean, I think the Saints played not to win at certain points, and they really should have been, I think, a little more aggressive in my point. In my opinion, the other game, I mean, as great as Mahomes is, he missed Damian Williams twice. I mean, there were two key plays where they were easy touchdowns. I was rooting for Kansas City. I didn't touch that game because. My heart was with KC, but betting against Brady and Belichick is uh, a fool's errand.
1: Yeah, I've kind of learned that a little bit because uh, I was uh, on the Chargers <laughs> uh, with our boy Chris McCarr. We kind of felt the same way, and
2: uh, we both I was working with the Chargers. I was. I thought the Chargers were going to take him down.
1: Yeah, and I guess uh, we saw why we we're completely wrong. Hey, it happens. Uh, but yeah, Brady and Belichick. I was saying yesterday. You know, no matter how much, and you probably are not big fans because you're a Bills fan. So you have to see at a division But You have to respect what they have done. It's amazing. We're never going to see this again, I don't think, in the NFL.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And honestly, I don't hate the Patriots. I mean, the Bills are just it's so bad. So it's not like, you know, it's a rivalry. And I, I usually do root for the Patriots, but I want to Kansas City. If you aren't a Patriots fan, I don't know how you didn't want to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I mean, just too much fun watching Mahomes in action. Damian Williams is like, you know, son of the next great thing. Tyreek Hill, Kelsey.
1: No, I agree. It was definitely rooting for the Chiefs. Uh, By the way, the Chiefs have fired defensive coordinator Bob Sutton. I don't think this is any surprise as well. And uh, (laughs) I think you'll see the Chiefs draft a ton of defensive players this year in the draft. If they can just get that defense a little better. And they were not bad at home, but... Uh, they they could I, I think we all knew once Brady got the ball in overtime there was no way they were stopping
2: Brady. Yeah I, yeah that was the case Brady didn't get touched like you know he didn't get sacked once you got to give credit to the uh, O line and the Patriots for a hell of a job.
1: Definitely all right let's talk some baseball uh, it's almost that time I know you have probably been doing <laughs> drafts for a while now I just got started I'm in my second one I completed one I feel like I'm not even ready yet either but this is part of. The way you prepare, uh, I like doing the Draft Champions draft. You could kind of do your research. I know you do them a lot. Uh, how does it work for you? Like, what what are the benefits of doing these Draft Champions?
2: Oh, I think one, you get you know, you get to know the whole player pool. You know, you're going fifty rounds. It makes you look into guys that you know who are young that may have an opportunity later on, or guys that you know might have a job that have small playing time now that may have uh, expanded uh, playing time if certain things happen. So, I mean, I think it's a great thing, and it helps you. It just helps you in general. It helps you form an opinion uh, on where you want to be in the draft, which I think is most important. And That's one of the things that I take uh, very seriously. I think you need to set up your first four rounds. I mean, more so maybe in the high stakes when you're playing in deeper formats. But if you're playing in a 15-10 league, even your home league, you know where you've got to get it. You really do need at least that one starting pitching or set it up for how you're going to draft pitching.
1: Have you figured out yet where the ideal spot is to pick in this year's draft? Obviously, you know I think a lot of people are going to say one or two, uh, but are there a couple spots you see that you like, or are you still trying to figure that out?
2: I'm still, if I was given the choice, I'm taking one or two. I honestly don't mind three with a, with a cooler or door would be, you know, I've taken, I've gotten three pretty much, uh, I've gotten three a couple of times already. Uh, I think the sweet spot, though, is maybe the sixth pick. Uh, Right in that range, because you're going to get yourself, still a fantastic player, and you're going to get an option of whatever, you know, an option of a couple of pitchers who I think, you know, are outside my tier one, but, uh, you know, that's, you know, if I'm not getting a... Scherzer or DeGrom, I love Chris Sale, he's one of my favorite pitchers, but right now I'm, I'm, I'm terrified. So, you know, I think setting up your pitching is, is paramount. Uh,
1: Yeah, so uh, are you terrified of Sale because of the injury down the stretch and he didn't look the same last year? Because obviously we know if he is healthy, you could pretty much pencil in dominant numbers, oh. but is it because of uh, the injury down the stretch and we don't know where his health is at?
2: Absolutely. I mean, to me, when healthy, he's the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, I mean, I, I have never had a concern going in about his, about how many innings he's going to throw and stuff like that. And he's been very durable. I think he's thrown less than 192 innings maybe twice in the last seven years. And last year was one, and the other year was like 175. So, I mean, the guy has been durable. I just don't know. We, we saw what happened in that second half. I know the initial reports is the shoulder check out fine, but I don't think we're going to hear anything right now. And I think I need to see him throw. And I want to see, see the velocity. Velocity is always a key element with uh, starting pitchers. And, you know, that's what I need to see.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, that means you won't have him until March, at least, because he's, there's no <laughs> discount. I mean, the first draft I did, he went 18. Uh, so... That that's the thing, and you're right though. If there's pitchers in that vicinity that you feel more confident about, at least you know going in are healthy. If you're going to do a draft now, and again, these are most people don't do their real drafts now. These are just you know, we love to draft and we get addicted and you do them. Mm-hmm. But but like you said, uh, you learn the player pool. You can kind of see strategies. Things are going to change by the time we get to real drafts in March. But yeah, you're right. If if you don't until you see Sale, I think he's a guy that you probably don't take at this point.
2: Yeah, and honestly, right now, if you're getting him at, say, 18, say, say like a couple of years back with DeGrom when we saw him throw 98 and he shot right up and he was going the fifth round, but Sale will go from 18 to, you know, maybe top half of the first round. If he's got the velocity back, it all looks good, you know, because he's that elite of a pitcher, you know. I mean, to me, you know, I'm uh, going in that, like, top six, and there's just so many good hitters. If I'm in, I, I want to be in the first half of the first round, but if I'm in the second half of the uh, first round, I'm totally cool with DeGrom. Uh, not because I'm a Mets fan and stuff like that. Uh, I've been on him. I love him. And I think next year, I wouldn't be shocked if he's the number one pitcher off the board.
1: Look, I'm a Mets fan too, but I don't care. There's no bias here. You cannot argue with DeGrom last year. I mean, he was dominant almost every start out. He got no run support was the biggest problem uh, and I did take him in a recent draft as well, late first round, because, you know, you got the turn uh, in my first draft. He went nine overall, so the only thing that you're worried about is the lack of wins, but run support can change from year to year, and the Mets did make some improvements, although it's probably not enough, but the uh, ground could easily go out there and win 17
2: games potentially this year. I think it's a great point you made there. I mean, wins. When I honestly, when I do my pitching stuff, I don't even put the wins category in there, because as you said, it can change. The Mets' offense can't be worse than it was last year. That's number one. I think they made some nice uh, gets here. Forget about salaries and stuff. They added better players. You know, they they got rid of some guys. They added better players. Conforto, fully healthy. I think he's going to be better. Nemo got dinged up in the second half with the finger, so he could be better. So, I mean, I'm going to say, Wilson Ramos for two years, I thought that was a great deal. I thought that was a fantastic get. Yeah,
1: I've always been a big Ramos fan. He's someone that I you know, look to get in fantasy as my number one catcher, as long as it's not too expensive, and we'll see how much the price goes up. Talking to Matt Modica, you can find him, ctmbaseball.com, and, and a ton of high-stakes leagues. Uh, most people feel it's trout bets. Uh, One The first draft I did, Bets went one, Trout went two. Do you think it's that close? Can you make a debate or is it clearly trout in your
2: eyes? I think it's close and a couple of months back before I did a draft before I did a money draft, I said I was gonna take best one and I got the number one pick and I took my trout. So when money was on the line, (laughs) I went with trout. That's always the true isn't it? Yeah, I mean I I I want even one, so you know, but I mean look what trout does to it's just Year-year year consistent. Mookie Betts is amazing. I, I, even if you don't like the Red Sox, you've you got to root for Mookie Betts. Uh, he's just that good of a player. So, you know, second the second pick is not a bad consolation prize because you're going to get a hell of a player.
1: Now, pick three, I think, is where, you know, things drastically change because I've seen so many different players go three. Uh, if you're picking today with the money on the line, who would you take at three? Uh,
2: I have, I have an affection for Ronald Acuna, Uh, Timber, Timber Lindor. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to diversify that right now. because I had gotten three a couple of times and, uh, I took Acuna I think twice. And the last time I took Lindor. So, uh, I mean, what Lindor does, he's 25 years old. I mean, he basically has, you know, you, know, look, at, you look at him and Nolan Arenado, and, you know, it's, he's got, his battered ball profile, and 20 to 25 steals. So, I mean, at shortstop as well.
1: Yeah, and you know what's interesting? I'm glad you brought up Arenado because I I think we're seeing him get pushed down the draft board, and a big reason why is I think people are very conscious of steals now. They're very difficult to attain. Not as many guys are running as much, and – you know, it, you either have to pay for them early or you're overpaying for the Malik-Smith-type players, which I don't think a lot of people want to do. Is that a big reason why Arenado was falling? Because we know his four categories and playing a course field are dynamic, but
2: he doesn't steal bases. Yeah, I think him and J.D. Martinez are the only two guys in the first round that you'll take and be willing to take because you're getting four-category studs. So, I mean, what they don't give you in steals, they're giving you with everything else. And I'm not going to draft a subpar player. I mean, if it's close, I'm going to go with the guy with the steals. I mean, you look at what Arenado and, say, Frankie Lindor have done the last two years. There's a difference of four home runs. I know Arenado has much more in the RBI department, but Frankie Lindor had, what, 129 runs? So runs are another category as well. So you've got to look that trade-off there, you know, and it's a possibility Arenado does get traded out of Colorado.
1: Talking to Matt dot CTMBaseball.com. Now, some people are listening and be like, wait, he said he's taking Acuna 3? Really? He's 21? Yeah, he came up 111 mm-hmm. games, 26 homers, 16 steals, batted 293. Why is he that special player that you think will be able to do it again and not suffer from uh,
2: pitchers adjusting to him? Uh, I mean, I don't think he has the exact uh, play skills and stuff. He's obviously a bigger guy. But uh, I think he's kind of like a mini Mookie Betts where he's going to hit you that 25 home runs. He's got the power to hit 30. And he can steal you 20 bases. And I don't think that's going to come with a subpar batting average. I think he can hit 280 or more. So for me, that's the kind of player that I'm targeting you know, with one of my top picks. You know, if I'm going hitter there, you know, we, people said last year, you know, in the fifth round, it was too early to draft Acuna. That was proven wrong. I know it's a small sample size, but, you know, I, I don't see where he's going to fall off a cliff. You know, he's dominated every level he's been at. And, uh, you know, he, 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 he's just that kind of player that I think you want to own there.
1: Yeah, I sent an offer for him in a keeper league today, and I was denied. The owner said, I'm not not interested in trading a Cunha right now in an auction league where he's cheap. I was like, "Ah,
2: you got to try, right? (laughs) Yeah, well, you got to try, and you pretty much got to, like, pay heavily. You got to overpay. I mean, look, I I get it. Some people are going to say, I'm going to take Jose Ramirez. And, look, I think Jose Ramirez is going to regress a little. I don't even want to use the word regress. His numbers will pull back a bit, and I'm not going to, you know... But Jose Ramirez is probably still going to hit 25 home runs, still 20 bases, and his batting average is a much – his batting average would be much better. Uh, you look at that batter ball profile. It's like Joey Votto. He basically last year had Joey Votto's plate skills and Trey Turner's success rate on, on the base path. So, I mean, that's probably a career year. But even if you pull back the numbers a bit, it still should be good. I don't see him falling off a cliff in uh, 2019. Uh, do
1: your, do the second half struggles of Jose Ramirez concern you at all or do you think that stuff gets overblown?
2: Uh, I wrote up a third base preview uh, last week. The only red flag to me, I mean, his plate skills actually improved. The one thing that stood out was his hard hit percentage went down. Went from like 40% to like 28.5%. Uh, I'll throw this out there. It was my pure speculation. Maybe there was a undisclosed injury or something. I don't know, a long season. That's my one concerning thing. He's not my third player off the board. You know, for some people, he is. He was being picked number three a lot, I was seeing. But now I'm seeing other names go in there as well. But I would take Acuna. I would take Ramirez. And I also love Christian you know, he's His numbers are going to come back a bit, too. But you know what you're going to get with him.
1: Yeah, Yelich had a 35% home run of fly ball rate last year. Uh, and I just tweeted out a little earlier, too. I think he had 11 home runs through the first 81 games and then 25 mm-hmm. the rest of the way. And Jose Ramirez batted 218 in the second half. It was his bat
2: in
3: 202.
1: Yeah, so that's the other thing. That's why you got to look at those because people just throw out numbers loosely and you need some context on that. And that's what I always dig into. Uh, but yeah, his bat uh, was 208. In the second half.
2: 2
1: mean Yeah, I, mean the, I was the, close. I was yeah, close. I mean, way more walks than <laughs> strikeouts. You know, everything else was pretty good. So, And the OBP was still good. So that's definitely a lot to consider. Lots more ahead. We'll talk more with Babel Deco We'll talk about Trey Turner. We saw people loving him yeah, last year. Uh, is he going in the right spot? And we'll look at some more early-round picks. Maybe some guys that you might need to be a little bit worried about. That's ahead. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Keith
0: Irizarry is calling the shots. The great Steven Jackson, former running back with the Rams, Falcons, Patriots. Do you believe that all of the praise we give to Sean McVay for his memory?
2: If you have a coach with that kind of memory, he can already anticipate down at distance what a team has a tendency to do. When you have a head coach that has a memory like that, it's almost like a cheat code, so he can anticipate faster. Weekdays, 8
0: p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
3: That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com
1: It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis joined by Matt Bodega, CTMBaseball.com. We just kept going on during the break. We don't stop. Love talking baseball. Uh, Let's pick up where we left off talking about Trey Turner. In my first draft, he went seven. Now, last year, a lot of people were talking about taking Turner third overall. I disagree with it. Just not the way I like to build my teams. My biggest problem was I just don't like getting a guy – that early, that's not going to get me 100 RBIs. That's not going to get me 25 to 30 home runs. Now, he played every game last year, and he had 19 homers, 73 RBIs, 43 steals, batted 271. Look, he had 46 steals in 98 games the year before. So I think a lot of people were saying, wow, he could steal 60, 70. Obviously, you can't always just prorate those numbers, but we know Turner, when he steals, he doesn't get caught. I mean, his success rate is ridiculous. At the big league level... I think it's uh, like 124, and he's only been caught 25 times. Uh, but you mentioned that you like Turner this year. He was going in the late first round in some of your early drafts, like a month or two ago. Uh, but right now, he's starting to go in the first half of the drafts. So as I mentioned, my first draft, he went number seven. What do you see for Turner this year?
2: And, uh, that's actually where I like him. After those, like I said, six is the sweet spot. Uh, if I have the seventh pick and my top six are gone, I'm going Turner at seven. Look, as you mentioned, you're going to get high teams and home runs. You're going to get 40 stolen bases. Maybe he steals 50. I know, last year they were batting him sixth a lot early on. They need to have him at the top of that lineup. Uh, he has a good batting average. And I think that even without Harper, this team is going to be good offensively. We haven't even mentioned Anthony Rendon. Maybe we'll get to that later. But I think there's a lot to like with Turner. He Look, if you can get 20-40, and I think the ability, if he's at the top of the line, to score a hundred runs is possible. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, I know everybody was depressed, was depressed last year because of what you said, you know, he stole 46 bases in 98 games and then he only stole 42 of if, them. If you look at it differently, he stole 42 bases. That's a hell of a season.
1: Yeah. Well, especially in the environment today where, you know, steals are really difficult to come by uh, for sure. Now, I I, I guess if Bryce Harper doesn't sign, you know, he probably hits two, maybe in front of Anthony Rendon. Do you think a big factor last year, do you think maybe they told him, you know what, don't run as much if you're batting in front of Harper? Because we know if you do, they're going to walk Harper.
2: Uh, That could have been a possibility. That could have been a possibility. Uh, So, and I know he wasn't at the top of the lineup the whole year. So, Uh, I mean, I I don't see, I wasn't on him at three last year. For the most part, I liked him. I we, we did it in one league, and we were actually me and Makaro wanted to finish second in the Super Bowl. that we, we took him second, so that worked out. But uh, I, I mean, for me, he's he's number seven. I think he's he's the right pick because you're gonna get you're gonna get more you're gonna get more runs if you can get twenty forty with a two eighty plus batting average and a hundred runs. How, how do you not do it? Do you feel
1: if you're so if you're penciling in? Uh let's say, 80 RBIs, do you feel like you're chasing a little bit? Because most of those guys that go in the first round are giving
2: you 100-plus. No, because I think, you, you know, you, you're going to have to, you, you can get guys that are going to drive in runs, too. I mean, look, you're going to be deficient in something, and I think I have a better chance of getting a hitter than getting a guy that's going to steal bases on the waiver wire. Last year, I was able to get Malik Smith in the league. And that that was that was that was a major get, but you're not always going to get that. There's 14 or 11 other guys competing for that same thing. And as long as you play with like Fab instead of just free pickups, you know it's it's chances of getting that person are not easy.
1: Talking to Matt Modica, you can find him at dot com. Uh, Christian Yelich, probably one of the best values last year because you know he wasn't going too early in drafts and. You know, some people probably like, well, where's the power? Well, the power did come last year, even though he still didn't hit a lot of fly balls. Uh, But we figured moving from Miami to Milwaukee would help an MVP season for Yelich, who I've seen his draft position vary. In my first draft, he went 11th overall. But I've seen other drafts where he's gone 4 overall. So where do you stand on Yelich for the upcoming season?
2: I mean, I like him. I'd probably take him in that 5-6 area. I think he's gonna give you the batting average. Say he hits twenty five homers. That's a good ballpark. That's a good hitter's ballpark. I know he hits it all over the field there, but I mean left handed power, if he starts to pull a little more, uh, that park plays is great for that. He's just a hitter. The kid can only sit. He was playing in Miami. The guy was hitting, you know, twenty home runs, you know, in Miami when he was playing for Miami or high teens. Now he's in a better hitters environment. So I still think you're going to get a lot of good stuff from him. Just not 36 home runs that, you know, you got to have realistic expectations. So I I don't see why you, you know, why you move away from him. Just because he's going to regress a little, doesn't mean he's not going to be good.
1: Right. And real high baseline too. He's a good hitter. I think everyone knew that (laughs) and going to Milwaukee certainly helped. I think one of the most, polarizing players is Bryce Harper. I mean, this was a guy that people were taking uh, several times in the top three. Now, now he doesn't have a team yet. It probably shouldn't matter. But I've seen him go in the second round of most drafts. In fact, the first draft that I did, he actually went 20th overall. And some people might be alarmed by that, but he's only returned first-round value once. His numbers are, like, all over the board. I mean, we've seen years, double-digit steals, other single. He's hit 30 home runs twice. His average has been all over the place. Just look at the last four years 330, 243, 319, 249. So we know there's ability there and talent, and he's still in his mid 20s. But is he a first round pick anymore?
2: Uh, I mean, I think if I'm picking at the end, uh, he he might be. I'd have to play that one out, my strategy, my going pitcher, hitter, and who's there. I mean, is, is Manny Machado still on the board? Because you know, I like think Machado is going to be, you know, you get, you, get a, you get a shortstop when after Lavelle. I, most of my teams have always worked out better when I go after Lavelle for some reason for me. But I, I think he's on that borderline cusp. I mean, two years ago, we hit that 319. He got hurt in August. He was on his way for a fantastic season. So, that was a shame. I mean, people always say he had that one good season. Yeah, He had that one great season, but that season a couple of years ago might have ended really special. So it's unfortunate.
1: Yeah, it could. And look, he has played 147 games in three of the last four years. Uh, another thing a lot of times people say, well, he's injury prone. I don't I don't think we can really say that because uh, he has been out there. Uh, but, yeah, he's just such a he's a tough player, I think, to figure out because you could see mm-hmm. him easily finishing as a top three player. And you could also see him finishing outside the top 15, 20. That, that's what makes him – so intriguing. Well, that's why.
2: Yeah, that's why. I did at the end of the first round, when you have the ability to get a top three player. It's it's worth. It.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, and uh, that's that's the decision you kind of have to make in that range, and that's what you want is you're trying to get someone in the second, third, fourth round that can return first round value, and I think you have to ask yourself that when you're drafting those players. Hey, does this guy have the ability to finish in the first round? And if you say yes, that's someone that you want to take in that spot, and we've seen Harper do it before and you know we don't we're not sure what the ceiling is and we'll see where he lands it probably shouldn't matter what park he plays in but uh you know he definitely has a, a high ceiling uh, what about Jose Altuve we've seen him fall obviously he was consistent for years was banked up last year you look at a lot of the numbers you're like how does he do it year after year uh Altuve does steal bases though and that's something that people are looking for is Altuve someone that you like now that the price has gone down a little bit
2: I mean, I think you have to like the price, but uh I'm a little worried about that knee. I want to see him running around. Because if, you know, he stops stealing bases, he's still going to hit. I mean, it's still where he's being priced, it's it's a good pick. But I do have concerns about that knee. I mean, certain players, you just want to see them out there. You want to see them running around. I mean, at, at a price where if he falls too far, then you just got to take him and say, let's see how it plays out. But I do have a little concerns with the legs. Especially the guy that you know, I know the batting average and stuff. I don't think he's hitting twenty home runs again. So I, I want those stolen bases from him. And if that's not going to be there, you know, then you're getting an average guy and stuff like that. It's like still a great player, but I have some concerns there.
1: Joined by Matt Modica, you can find him at CtmBaseball.com. Javier Baez. Monster season last year. Batted 290, 34 homers, 21 stolen bases, 101 ones, 111 RBIs. He's uh, still young. I think we all saw that he had the possibility with that power and speed. He's 26 years old, just turned 26 in December. I've seen him go uh, on the turnoff in 15-16. Uh, are you ready to take him in that spot, or do you need to see another good season from him?
2: I mean, last year I was well on bias. He was an eight- He returned a great investment, you know, where he was priced. It was great. I really don't want to pay. And can he do it again? He can. But I also think he can get back 260. I think the stolen bases are going to come back. I don't think he's stealing as many bases or running as much as he did last year. Second half, I think he was like 3 of 10. I think he had three, uh, you know, stolen bases. You know, the percentage went down. Uh, but he's tremendous. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I don't know if I want to take him at the end of the first round. You know, I'd rather end up with, say, I don't know. I just he's he's not he's not really one of my targets this year. I have too many concerns. If the batting average comes down, and instead of twenty stolen bases, you're getting like twelve. You know, that changes the profile a bit.
1: Do you have similar concerns for Trevor Story, who goes in that range as well, or do you buy more on him?
2: Ah, uh, you know what? I'd probably buy more on uh, Baez. I have concerns. I mean, I don't, is Story going to run at that clip? He's got cores. They're not the profile guys that, at at the price, I don't want to pay that price for them. That's what it really is. Not that I, I wouldn't want to own those guys. I don't want to pay the price for them. And like I said, when you look at a year ago and then you look today, you know, the price points are everything.
1: Aaron Judge was a first-round pick pretty much in every draft last year. He had injury that limited to 112 games. His numbers were still very good. Uh, is he someone that you're targeting there uh, early second round? Because that's where he's been going.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with uh, Aaron Judge. I mean, you want, if he's there, you know, uh, uh, Stanton's there, I'm, I'm in. You, you're going to need power. You, you're definitely going to uh, need to obtain that power. So I, I think our judge is a hell of a player and stuff like that. I like to try and get, you know, I it's, like I said, if, if I'm picking, say, 17th of a 15-teamer and I don't have a pitcher and I know I'm not pick, picking for quite a while, it's kind of tough to pass up that pitcher at that spot. I'll be honest with you.
1: Yeah, you know, that's something I'm finding too. Uh, so in my first uh, draft, there was 15 teams. After the first three rounds, there were only, I think, three teams that didn't take a pitcher. If you do that, man, it's just real difficult, I think. I think you need to get one of those arms in the first three rounds. Do you agree?
2: I pretty much think you have to. I mean, I know people say, let's bully hitting, you know, but you also have to pound some pitching. And I don't want to walk away after four rounds. And, you know, I don't have a starting pitcher. You know, I don't want Mike uh anchoring my staff or something like that. <laughs> that would not be uh, – I don't think that's going to be a, a good plan or a, a good strategy.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I don't want that to happen <laughs> either. Uh, and then here's the thing, too. The problem is is if you do pass on those pitchers and wait, you're reaching because uh, you're, you're, you're going through the draft. You're like, oh, wow, it's round five. I don't have a pitcher. I got to get one. And now you're reaching probably, on someone that maybe doesn't belong in that
2: spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I looked at it, especially as we go along, how to set up my board best for the first four rounds, first five in particular, but those first four, to, to get the pitching. I think this year, like for my top 20, I want to have two of those guys, or possibly maybe even squeeze three out of that. Uh, You know, because... We're seeing the landscape. It's changing. I know pitching is volatile and stuff like that. But if you can get these guys, you know, look, I want Jose Barrios on my team this year. I want him as my number three. Or if I can get him as a four, that's even better. But I don't want to make him my two. because Then I'm relying on him. He has to make that next step. I mean, he's awesome at home. He just get blown up on the road.
1: Yeah, in my first draft, someone took him as their two in round six uh, behind Luis Severino. So the price on those I
2: mean, guys. That's happening. I mean, and the closer you get to March, and once we get into March, you're going to see starting pitching just moving up the board. So, you know, you got to be prepared. I did, a, I did a live draft last week, and it was the best thing I could have did. Of course, from doing the draft champions where you have time to do it, and having to make that pick in a minute, and you got guys. I, I made a mistake. I had Daniel Murphy queued up, and I had somebody else I clicked on, and I, I drafted the wrong guy. <laughs> so I'm just telling you, it was it was such a it was the best thing I could have done. You know, going forward.
1: Yeah, we need spring training too. We got to get the kinks out. So mm-hmm. that's why you know if you're gonna make I mean mistakes, I got Brad Hand.
2: I wasn't upset. <laughs>
1: Right, one of the few guys that we know is going to close in reliable closers just is a mess right now. Uh, One of the players I think that's going to be a hot topic here as Fantasy Baseball Talk heats up is Alberto Mondesi. My first draft, he went 28th. Now, you could see last year what he did when he came up. He only played 75 games. He had 14 homers, 32 stolen bases. He batted 276. We know the Royals are going to run a ton, and he was 32 of 39 on the base pass. Can you see yourself paying – uh, 28th pick overall for Mondesi this year?
2: That would probably be tough. I mean, I, I get it, though. I mean, it's kind of like the the Trey Turner argument from a couple of years ago. Look at what this guy can do. And, look, he he can run, and he's going to steal bases. My main problem is with the bat more than anything. I know he hit all those home runs and went to September and stuff like that. But I'm more worried about a guy like him and the plate skills that he owns that second season. But he's going to be one of those guys. He's either going to help you win a fantasy championship or he's going to really hurt the team.
1: Yeah, and that's a tough investment around, too. I mean, he went ahead of guys like Rizzo, Benettendi, Chris Bryant, and even Juan Soto.
2: You know what? I, I, you, know, you, didn't, you didn't even mention who I'd probably take around that turn is Anthony Lenzone. I think he's, say, Christian Yellick minus the Steels this year. Oh, I, I like him a lot. A lot I,
1: like, I like. him a lot too. You know what it is? I think with Rendon, he's not like outstanding in any category. Those players who don't dominate a category and, and don't have a ton of steals, people overlook them. And I think those are good baseline players mm-hmm. that are, are key to your team. Like y- they give you a little bit of everything. I think people are always looking for. All right, who's the big home run hitter? Who's the big steals guys? And the guys that just do a little of everything, they get lost. I
2: definitely take him over Rizzo. And I would probably take him over Bryant. I mean, she's my number three right now. And he's had a Bryant right now for
1: me. You don't need for to sure. though. <laughs> That's the thing. Like so. Yeah. in that, in that draft, he went three twelve, a three fifteen in my uh, first draft. for and on the, he went on the three four turn. Yeah,
2: and you know I got sniped uh, one pick uh, last week when I was doing that draft. I had him all. I was all ready, and boom, I was like heartbroken.
1: Yeah, that's the worst. But you always have to be prepared with a backup plan because uh, we know exactly. we're going to get sniped. And uh, it's a terrible feeling, but just got to move on. And you know you get him <laughs> in another draft. All right, that is Matt Modica. Change. Matt Modica, Always good talking baseball with him. You can find him at ctmbaseball.com. Matt, good talking to you. We will talk again soon.
2: You got it. Thanks for having me, Adam. All
1: right, when we return, we'll wrap it up. We'll take a look at. How someone can't vote for Mariano Rivera, really? I'm a Yankee hater, and I think it's ludicrous. And some NBA DFS final picks, that's at Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: The Mammoth Park Sportsbook by William Hill is New Jersey's local, trusted sportsbook featuring a Vegas-style betting menu of parlays, props, and much more. Watch every game on their new 75-foot HD video wall. Already a trusted name in entertainment, Monmouth Park is now your best bet for wagering on all the big games. So get in on the action. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call
4: 1-800-GAMBLER. call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure, and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure that's 800-625-4922 thermospots hot tubs designed to improve your life call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of zero percent apr financing fantasy
0: what I really liked about James Paxton going into last year was that in 2017, he was awesome against lefties. Those numbers in 2018, 330 batting average, 874 Jesus. OPS wow. against left-handed batters. A lot of his pitches to lefties were you know, in the middle. That's something that has to be corrected. And I have faith that the Yankees will be able to do that. Weekdays, noon Eastern on Tsy Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
1: It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Again, a reminder, our new time weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, of course. You can hear it on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcasts, search Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe, and you'll be notified when a new episode is uploaded. It's usually right after the show. You can find me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on the gram at aron 88 and ScoutFantasySports.com, where we're getting you set to dominate in fantasy baseball. You can see for yourself. I'm not just saying this. We have guys that win and do very well in baseball, and we want you to be a part of it. We have the in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs. He's one of the best high-stakes players around. He's in the NFBC Hall of Fame. He's won a lot of money. So his latest team outlook is up. Kansas City Royals. Uh very interesting players there. Billy Hamilton's gone over. with Merrifield, Alberto Mondesi, as we just talked about, with Matt Modica. So see what Sean Childs thinks about their fantasy outlooks. He also has the Tigers up, as he's already done the AL East. And we'll give you a free sample. You can check out the Orioles and Red Sox previews. You're going to read it and be like, damn, this is pretty in-depth. This is going to help me. And then you're going to become a member and join us. Uh, I have my fantasy baseball articles up my latest is a look at Michael Brantley signing with the Houston Astros what does that mean for his fantasy value as well as a look at Andrew McCutcheon Daniel Murphy and a lot more and I have plenty more coming along the way we'll have our sleepers busts, preseason pro picks and a lot more and you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want the dailyroto.com partnership with data golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools Check out the all-new Lineup Optimizer with custom settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA Finish Probabilities and Simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head-to-head and three-ball betting tools, PGA Pro Tip subscriber chat, and more. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, click on Golf, and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. And uh, we also have you covered. Uh, we DFS for multiple sports, NFL, NBA, NHL, even some golf. I know Dr. Roto plays a lot of DFS golf, did well last week, and he does some write-ups as well. So uh, plenty of content there on ScoutDFS.com as well. Uh, you know, the, the Hall of Fame is going to be announced today for MLB, and I think... Everyone has been saying, like, Mariano Rivera should get 100% of the vote. And anyone who knows me knows I am the biggest Yankee hater. I just can't stand that team. But it, you got to be objective when it comes to it here. I mean, Mariano Rivera, clearly, <laughs> you don't need me to, to give you numbers to convince you, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame 100%. The fact that there is someone that was going to keep him off the ballot is ridiculous. And there's this guy, I guess, Bill Ballou from the Telegram and Gazette, In Boston, he decided to abstain from voting for the Hall of Fame because if he did submit a ballot, he wasn't going to vote for Marietta Rivera. I mean, how absurd is that? Well, apparently he changed his mind about both of those things. And he said today that uh, he submitted a Hall of Fame ballot and voted for Rivera. So basically, you know, he was diminishing the save. And yeah, the save is not a great statistic. We all know that. But the bottom line is, is Rivera was one of the most dominant pitchers that we've seen, even if he did go one inning and a lot of times two innings in the postseason. But still, anyone who watched him play, I mean, he's clearly a Hall of Famer. So we'll find out today at 6 p.m. Eastern uh, whether he gets 100%. And I think it looks like he will. But the fact that there's someone out there saying this is just sometimes – and people do this. They do this in fantasy too. They do things to get attention, which is the most ridiculous thing. I always say just be yourself. And if you're good enough, someone's going to find you. People are going to listen to you, find your work. But when you go out there and try to make these outrageous claims, I just, I don't like it. Uh, but I guess in today's era of social media and attention, people will do it because it will draw attention. And we wouldn't have been talking to this guy, I guess, otherwise. But he said there are differences between the two, but similarities as well. I guess comparing uh, closers to a DH, talking about David Ortiz. He's saying they're not positions like every other pitcher is a position. All this crap. Uh, but either way, it looks like uh, you know he, uh, he finally did vote for him, and Rivera should get in. It looks like Roy Holiday will get in. Edgar Martinez. It looks like Bonds and Clemens are getting closer. I think the last I saw, the projected was about seventy percent. You need seventy-five percent to get in. And as much as I despise Clemens. Uh, and Bonds, I'd vote them in. You know, Bonds was a great player, Hall of Famer, even before the alleged PEDs, and I think we all think he used them. But either way, I think those guys deserve to get in. So we'll find out who gets in the Baseball Hall of Fame at uh, 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern today. Also, I see here that the Braves have signed Nick Marcakis. Uh, he was someone that... I was surprised that last year he put up great numbers uh, and just someone that I stayed away from. He batted 297, 366 with a 440 OBP he had 14 homers, 93 RBIs. And the first time he went to the All-Star game, always liked him when he was with the Orioles, but he hasn't been the same player. And we did see the numbers drop significantly in the second half. So not someone that you're going to be targeting in your drafts. Uh, let's take a look at some NBA for tonight. I know we did a little bit in the first hour with Chris Rose. Of course, you can always hear that on demand, but I'll kind of give my thoughts here on this slate for tonight. Only four games. Uh, Jeff Teague is being listed as questionable with left ankle inflammation. Now, originally they said it was related to the illness. He did play on Sunday and played 24 minutes. So it looks like the ankle is the problem now. And it's been something that's been bothering him. He recently missed some games. So, uh, Keep that in mind uh, for DFS purposes. Uh, Maurice Harkless not on the injury report for Portland. Uh, so, you know, the last time he did not play in back-to-backs, but it looks like he could play tonight, uh, even though he didn't play major minutes in the in the last game for them. First game on the slate tonight, got the Kings and the Raptors tipping off at 7 p.m. Eastern. The Vegas all 229.5. Raptors are favored by 11. Uh, The key here is uh, Kawhi Leonard. He's been listed as out due to rest. Keep in mind, though, we've seen Toronto change this a little bit. So pay attention because right now he's listed as out. But this happened last week where they listed Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry as out. And Lowry later in the day wound up playing. So we'll see if they change their mind. But my guess is he doesn't play. This is a back-to-back, the first set of a back-to-back. And Leonard... Uh, is probably needed more. I think they play Indiana tomorrow, so obviously that's going to be a tougher game where they could use him more. They can get by against the Kings without Kawhi Leonard, but it is frustrating whether you own Kawhi Leonard in season long or you're a fan. I mean, obviously in DFS, we like when these high-priced players are out because it opens up value, and especially on a four-game slate, we're looking for some value, but it's kind of ridiculous that Kawhi Leonard's sitting out all these games. Uh, I mean, he's played great this year, but you know that's not what you want to see uh in the nba it's been one of the problems and one of the criticisms is all these star players kind of sitting out due to rest and uh leonard is definitely the prime guy this year so it's going to open up a lot of uh, toronto players in play i guess what the what you have to worry about here is can this game stay competitive we just saw sacramento play yesterday and they got blown out in brooklyn and we also saw them play two days ago uh well no this is their third game in four days Sacramento has one of the lowest projected totals on the slate at 109.3. Toronto has the highest at 120.3. So even if the starters don't play 37, 38 minutes, you got to hope that they can do enough damage in 30, 32. If it does indeed turn to a blowout. Uh, so for Toronto, I think you can look at Kyle Lowry. I'm probably not. Now His he does see a usage increase without Kawhi Leonard on the floor. It goes up by about 4.1%. So he does get a benefit uh, it all depends on how you want to build your lineups. He's 7,600 on DKE, 300 on FanDuel. Uh, I think, obviously, uh, Serge Baca gets a boost as well. We've seen his usage rate increase. He's 5,900 on DK, 6,700 on FanDuel. Pascal Siakam, guy I drafted in my season long league. He's been phenomenal this year. You know, he's in play as well. He's 6,300 on DraftKings, 6,900 on FanDuel. And Norman Powell is a, a cheap guy that can save you some salary. More for GPPs. Uh... You know, he is a little volatile, but he's 3,800 on DK, 3,900 on FanDuel. Remember, on FanDuel, you have the ability to drop your lowest score. Now, the Kings are interesting because I think a lot of people are not going to play him tonight. So, cash games, no, I wouldn't play them. But I do think in GPPs, if you're trying to differentiate yourself and you think this Raptors game could stay close, you might be able to separate yourself a little bit. Probably the guys I would look at are De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. Uh, I... I haven't been playing a lot of Kings lately just because they have such a deep rotation. You don't really see anyone play major minutes, and you, you don't know from game to game. I think we're if it's competitive, we know Fox and Heald should see a lot of minutes. Heald had a good game against Toronto earlier this year with 24 points. So I think hit, those would be one of the two I consider if I'm playing a few tournament lineups. Uh, I don't really like anyone else here. I, mean, I think Willie Cauley-Stein I think you could look at in tournaments because he's got a little bit of a size advantage. Because uh, he'll, he'll be seeing Ibaka, And uh, he did have uh, 24 points, eight rebounds last time when they faced Toronto. So, uh, And I think Valachunis was still out in that game. I think it was Abaka. Um Bogdan Bogdanovich, I mean, he plays off the bench and he got a lot of time yesterday because the game was out of hand. Uh, he obviously has a lot of upside, but a lot of downside as well. He's 5,200 on TK, 5,900 on FanDuel. But uh, again, it comes down to whether you think this game's going to be close. But there is some value there in Toronto uh, where you get the boost for Lowry, Siakam, and Abaka. And if you want to go on the cheap end with Powell, I think he's in play as well. Got Portland and the Thunder. Uh, both teams did play yesterday. Vegas total is 227 in this game. So on the Portland side... I think the only guy I would look at is Lillard. And I don't think he'll be very popular. So I think in tournaments, you might get him at a low ownership. But then again, it's four games. So he'll be a little bit higher on than usual. But 8,100 on DK, 9,300 on FanDuel. And uh, coming off a good game yesterday. So I think he's in play. The other guy that I like, if I'm going to use anyone, is Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, Again, Steven Adams. Usually I don't like to go against him. But not a lot of centers on the slate today. And Nurkic is a guy that did have a good game against Adams last time, went over 40 points of both FanDuel and DraftKings. So, uh, Harkless just not playing enough minutes and coming off that injury. McCollum is a guy I hardly ever use unless Lillard is out. Uh, He's very dependent on his scoring, doesn't have that high ceiling. Um, Maybe, if I'm looking cheap, maybe Evan Turner, but really don't love much on Portland outside of Lillard and Nurkic for the Thunder. We talked about this with Chris Rose. I agree with them. Uh, I don't think I'm using Russell Westbrook in, in cash games, sure. In tournaments, though, uh, I'm probably gonna. I'd rather go to Paul George, and I find myself doing that a lot this year. Playing Paul George, who a lot of times has outscored Westbrook in fantasy or come close. And you could see the disparity in salaries on Fanduel. It's twelve five for Westbrook and ten four for George. On DK, it's 11,000 for Westbrook and 97 for poor George, who's just been playing at an MVP level. Of course, you could play both of them uh, as well, uh, as they both usually come through. Uh, Westbrook has not been shooting as well this year, but he still racks up the assists. He gets the rebound. So uh, I'm leaning more towards George if picking between the two. And I uh, think uh, Jeremy Grant's interesting on a site like FanDuel. And even Yahoo, I've been playing on Yahoo. Uh, I've talked about it a lot. If you haven't tried Yahoo, I'll try it. They always have a, a tournament with no rake, no management fees. Uh, they usually fill up pretty quick. Um, but it is fun on there, and the, the scoring is very similar to FanDuel. So uh, Yahoo is definitely a place where I've gone to play a little bit more. They got me in. They had a, a few weeks of uh, overlay uh, that they paid for. Well, they've stopped doing that. But uh, definitely, uh, I do enjoy playing on there. i even played a little football on there. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, Steve Adams is always in play as well. But I'm probably not looking to him on this late. right in the mid-range, and uh, we have some good centers. Clippers at Dallas tonight. We know Danilo Gallinari is out with that back injury. Lou Williams is probable. It looks like he's going to play. I always consider Lou Williams in tournaments because he's got immense ceiling. When he has that shot going, it feels like he can't miss. So, uh, especially with Gallinari out, uh, we could see a little bit more of Lou Williams taking shots. Harold played big minutes the other night as the starter. Really didn't do much. Uh, he played 28 minutes. Uh, I think he's always in play for sure. Uh, and Tobias Harris, we saw him have a monster game the other night without Gallo and Lou Williams. So uh, even if Williams returns, which it looks like. I think Williams is still in play. If Williams is out, you definitely want to play Tobias Harris. Patrick Beverly had a huge game last time out, but I'm not chasing that, especially with Lou Williams back. We haven't seen Beverly do much at all this year, uh, and the salary is $4,800 DK, 4700 on FanDuel. It's just too much for me. So Tobias Harris is probably the guy I'm looking at, and maybe Lou Williams in tournaments. Uh, looks like Dennis Smith's going to be back for Dallas tonight. He's been out for quite a bit. There's been rumors about him being dealt uh, they haven't been able to do that yet. I'm not playing him. Uh, I got sucked in a couple weeks ago. He was like 10 bucks on Yahoo, and he sucked. So uh, I'm not playing him. You don't know where his mindset is at at this point. Luka Doncic, his first triple-double yesterday. He is quite expensive, but he's in play for sure. I mean, he's handling the ball quite a bit, and he's played very well. So uh, Doncic, I think, is in play. Um, but – not someone I'm looking to get in, but I think he's more of a, a tournament play. I would not play him in cash. I'd use him in tournaments. Eighty-four hundred on DK, eighty-nine hundred on FanDuel. Of course, people are going to go uh, DeAndre Jordan because of the revenge game, but uh, I, I, there's better centers on the slate. Uh, he does, he has produced two good games against the Clippers. So, um, if you want to take a look at him, he'll probably have lower ownership too because I think a lot of people are going to jam in. Carl Anthony Towns, that's the final game tonight. you got the uh, the Suns and the T-Wolves, and I think a lot of people will be looking at this game. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns had a huge game against them the other night. There's no DeAndre Ayton, so they got no one to guard him. He's 10-6 on DK, 10-6 on Fanduel. so I think that's the guy that you'll probably be paying up for tonight. If Teague is out, I like Derrick Rose. I mean, Derrick Rose has played very well. He will be chalky. He's 6,300 on DK, 66 on Fanduel. but he had a huge second half. Against the Suns the other night, including the game winning shot. So I think he'll be very popular. So keep that in mind. That's if Teague's ruled out. Even if Teague plays, I think you'll see Rose Garner high ownership. Uh, don't like Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I hardly ever play him unless they're really missing someone. He's been playing a lot of minutes, but just, uh, I don't know. He hasn't really looked great lately. Sunside, side, uh, again, Eaton is out. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is doubtful at this point. So Dragon Bender, I think, is someone you got to play. Uh, we saw him play the other night. He had a double-double. He started, I think, played 29 minutes, and he's very cheap. So uh, he's going to help you get some of the high-priced guys, including a cat. Uh, and he will be popular as well. But he is definitely someone I'm going to pro- uh, prioritize tonight. Kelly Oubre can use him, too, in tournaments. We've seen the upside that he possesses. He can definitely help you out. He sees a little bit of a usage bump without Aiton on the court, 5,600 is his salary on DraftKings, 6100 on Fanduel and uh, probably not playing Booker tonight. I mean, he definitely sees a little bit more attention when they don't have Aiton. He's uh, $8,300 on DK, $7,900 on Fandle, uh, and, you know, he's coming off a couple injuries and hasn't looked uh, great. He's always in play, but probably not someone I'm looking at tonight, but you can uh, consider him in GPPs. But, uh... That wraps it up here. In the meantime, though, you can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com, as we're getting you set to dominate fantasy baseball at scoutdfs.com. If you're playing NBA tonight, get in there. we got the optimizer and the slack chat. You can ask your questions leading up to game time at vegaswhispers.com for your sports betting needs. That wraps it up here. I'll be back Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.